She is a hypnotherapist who helps business owners increase their performance and productivity without sacrificing their mental well-being. Welcome back to the Wift Fitness Podcast. This is episode 18 and today we are joined by a special guest, Shabnam Raja. Which, in this episode, we go over a couple of things, that being sort of who Shabnam is, what exactly is hypnotherapy, and we also, towards the end, touch on Super Aaron, which is a pretty cool concept. So, without further ado, I'll let you enjoy. Welcome back to the Lift Fitness Podcast. This is episode 18. Here episode 18 special... already. I know, episode 18. It's absolutely crazy. But today we have a bit of a special guest. Her name is Shabnam Raja. <laughs> I literally, I, I, I rehearsed it in my head. And then as I, as I said it, I just... It's because you overthink it, Aaron. You keep thinking about it. That's it, isn't it? I was just... You got it right. You got it right. So well, hope you guys are well anyway, because obviously everybody's everybody's at home at the minute. Um, so we want to do this live so we can come to you as and when we're doing it. So hope you're all doing well. Hope you're managing the isolation. I know a lot of you guys have been on Facebook and on uh, our group. So thank you, everybody who's engaging, because when you're engaging, you're really helping other people as well. Uh, you know, we're kind of consistently putting stuff up. Um, and the reason for this is because we want everyone to feel a part of what we're doing uh, and I did mention this on where I was speaking to a few guys the other day um, we're putting content up all day because some people are still working some people aren't working some people are in the house all day but it just means that whatever time you're in the house or you happen to be on social media then you're getting a part of what we're doing okay so we're putting things like little challenges up and workouts and these kind of things so hopefully they're helping and hopefully it's kind of keeping everybody sane so Yes, today we've got a special guest. Um, this is Shabnam. And Shabnam, would you like just to introduce yourself and just tell everyone what your skill set lies and what your speciality is? Thank you for having me on. I like being called a special guest. <laughs> you made me feel special. <laughs> yeah, uh, so my name Shabnam Raja, and you got it right, Aaron. That's perfectly pronounced. Um, I, I work with business owners. I'm a coach and hypnotherapist, and I work with business owners to help them feel and perform better. So usually people come to me when they're kind of stuck in some area of their business or life, and I help them understand their own psychology and how to increase their performance and productivity without sacrificing their emotional and mental well-being. In a nutshell. So how did you come about doing this? And what, what got you into what you're doing? Uh, it's, it, it didn't happen overnight. It's been um, a long journey. I come from a corporate background. I used to work in, um, well, I started off as a data analyst because I had no idea what I wanted to do after university. I studied psychology, didn't know what to do with it. Um, and I kind of ended up in uh, working in a pharmaceutical company as a data analyst. And from there, I went into project management and then moved into, and this is over 20 years. So for the last, so for about 20 years, I worked in business transformation and change. Started out as a project manager, moved into change management. 
And then I started my own consultancy where I was providing change management and transformation of work to large corporate organizations. And then I started coaching. So I went into performance and productivity coaching and leadership coaching. Um, and through doing that, I started to see patterns of things that I wanted to understand more, didn't quite, sometimes there was always something that was holding people back from doing the things they needed to do, trying to understand people more. And I started studying more psychology. I had my own personal sort of light bulb moment that all of a sudden I don't want to work in the corporate world anymore. I'd like to do this more one-to-one with people and help people sort of move from where they are to where they want to get to without struggling so much. Um, and it was mainly after realizing myself that I wasn't happy with what I was doing. I'd been so on the surface, this, I mean, this is normally it's um, like the, the typical client that I work with, like on the surface, everything looks perfectly well, business is running well, they look like they've got everything on paper, it looks fantastic. And that was me, had a very successful business. I was, you know, been with my partner for 23 years. I've got an 18 year old son. At that time he was, I think about, obviously about 10 years old, but I was just, there was something missing. I just didn't feel like I had, um, I wasn't looking forward to anything. I was doing the work, I was enjoying it, I was good at it. Um, business doing well but there was just something missing and it was like this numb feeling every day of like you know just repeating the last day and not having anything to really feel excited about and I kind of like didn't realize that I was really getting um, I was a very high functioning depressed person I think I never got um, um, diagnosed as being depressed but that's all I could kind of really now looking back look at the way that I was I was you know I was working all hours spending very little time with my son that had a lot of um you know effect on how guilty I was feeling because there was like I had to work and at the same time I wanted to be with my son um my relationship was suffering because I wasn't spending much time with my partner and there was all this guilt all the time but you know outwardly everyone would look at me and think oh yeah you know she's fine there's nothing wrong but inside there was so much turmoil going on and I felt so lonely like I couldn't speak to anyone I couldn't tell anyone that actually you know what um I feel like shit I just don't know um how I'm going to get through and I came to like a crash you know call it burnout but for me it was like the way I was functioning wasn't sustainable. I was always in a very high stress mode and you can't stay like that forever. You get to a point where you crash. For me, that happened. And I won't go into the long story, but it was a realization that this is not what I want to do. And then taking what I did before into a different direction. Um, I got some help. So I I tried lots of things. I tried uh, therapy which wasn't quite therapy it was seeing a counselor where I just go and talk which helped it did help to be able to say look you know this is what I'm going through but I wasn't getting anything out of it I I couldn't take away anything that I could change about how I was feeling or do something I wanted to do something to get out of that mindset and get out of that feeling of just feeling like you know this is is this it what do I do now so I tried some coaching and coaching helped because it was more sort of solution focused and goal focused, like, you know, where do you want to get to helping me? But there was still something missing. And I went to see 
um, a hypnotherapist, but I didn't go to the hypnotherapist for this. At that time, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I became really fearful of heights. And I'm somebody who, uh, in you know, when I was younger, I've jumped out of a plane, I've um, jumped off a bridge into the river. Uh, I was not scared of heights before, and all of a sudden, and I was never scared of flying, but all of a sudden, I became really, really scared literally having a panic attack on the plane when I was flying and once I was driving on my way down to Devon going on the M5 um, past Bristol there's a part of the motorway that is really high and I was driving in the fast lane and then I could see that below me was the motorway going in the other direction and below that I could see the tops of houses and trees and I just freaked my literal my body just went into this horrible state of panic um my hands were shaking and I was gripping the steering wheel so tight my legs went wobbly and I'd never experienced anything like that it was the most scariest scariest experience ever and I literally shit myself in like in you know what we call the fast lane on the motorway and I just slowed down so much that I was holding the traffic up and I was like I need to find the opportunity in the traffic to get into the last lane so I can drive and people are beeping and everything and I was just in a state so I've managed to get through and then after that every little you know when you're driving on the motorway and you can see ahead and every time I thought oh it's going to go a bit higher that feeling like the heart would just just go boom and I was shitting bricks all the way I should have asked actually it's language it's yeah, not fine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally shitting bricks all the way and by the time I got to Devon I was there for a week with you know I, it was me and my son and the two dogs um uh, I couldn't enjoy myself. I, the whole time I was just thinking about the journey back and I was really scared. On the way back, there was a lot of traffic and the, I was on the motorway that was lower down, so it wasn't so bad. But when I got home, every time I had to drive anywhere and I was going on the same journeys to client sites because I was still working with my corporate clients, I was still work, going on the motorway, same journeys that I'd not even, you know, even realised I was going over bridges and stuff were causing me severe anxiety. So it started to get to the point that I was so scared that even if it meant I had to get three trains to get to a client site, that's what I'd do. I was just avoiding driving. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I need to do something about this. And someone suggested I go see a hypnotherapist. And at that point, I thought, mm, hypnotherapy, I'd seen what everybody does on TV. I thought, well, I don't know, is it a gimmick? I'd heard of Paul McKenna. I'd listened to one of his CDs a long time ago when I thought it was going to help me lose weight. Um, obviously, didn't listen to it enough and didn't believe in it. And I didn't really need to lose weight at that time. <laughs> but um, I thought, all right, you know, what's there to lose? I'll give it a go. And I went and I saw this lovely man, um, Peter Field. He's passed away now. Brilliant, brilliant hypnotherapist. And he 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 fixed it in one one session and his office was on the I think it was on the fifth floor and he told me to come to the window and look out and I was at this point not able to do that before and I did and it was fine I was like oh it's that that was you know what it's gone and he goes now I want you to go um on your way home drive over there there's a you know the like a flyover in Birmingham where it was he goes I want you to drive over that and let me know how you get on. And next thing I want you to do is to get a flight somewhere and just see what happens. So I did it and it was fine. I was like, this is like some sort of weird magic. 
how did he do this? Um, and because of that, I saw him for some other things. And I had a lot of the issues that I had been a lot of, you know, we all go through stuff in life and we kind of like, depending on the kind of personality you are, you either sit and wallow in it or you carry on just doing what you need to do. And I have that kind of personality, always had that was like, no, I'm just going to get up and do. And I never dealt with quite a few things that were really traumatic in my life that had affected me, but I was burying them down. And that was what was the underlying um sort of root cause of all the other stuff that was going on with the drinking and with the you know excessive working the perfectionism the eating disorder you know I can tick off a load of things that I was going through at the time the insecurity right now I'm on this you know podcast with you and we're on camera and I've got three three weeks of um, roots growing out with greys I would have never been able to come on like I would have been hiding away it's like oh my gosh my hair's grey I can't let anyone see this so there was massive insecurity so he helped me deal with and actually process the trauma from past experiences, which just, it's almost like it just changed my personality back to what I was like as a, you know, really confident young child. I mean, I, I, I was a first child in the family, in the entire family, first grandchild, first child, and I was, you know, always very confident and full of, full of beans and getting you know into trouble and feeling like I could do anything to get into a point where I was really holding myself back I had very little confidence outwardly very confident so you know but inside I would be fretting about everything I was doubting myself about everything I was um, I never felt like I was doing anything right or I never thought that um, you know anything that I'd achieved was anything to do with my own ability to do it it was always like oh, I got lucky you know, I just got lucky, um, you know, or I worked so much harder than everyone else. That's why I managed to get what I did. But, you know, if I put the same amount of effort as anyone else does, I'd never have achieved anything in life. So going through that experience with him made me realize that actually how much more could I be able to, would I be able to help my own clients if I learned how to do this? So then I trained as a hypnotherapist and I started training whilst I was still working with my corporate clients um, and I had this thing still in the back of my mind that if I told people I do hypnotherapy they're going to think that I'm a bit wishy-washy fluffy and I'm turning into some sort of spiritual I don't know guru type person and I want to you know I'm going to be wearing kaftans and sandals and <laughs> talking about the universe so I kind of but that was that was all me me sort of you know, um, reflecting my own sort of insecurities and beliefs around that stuff and what I thought people saw it as. Nobody did. And I didn't tell anyone. So I would be working with my clients and then I'd sort of judge by, you know, who I was working with, whether I'd suggest, all right, you know what, I can help you with this, doing something a little bit different. Should we try it? And the results I got were so amazing and so much faster. So something that would have taken before months and months to get over and to get them to a state you know to increase the performance and their confidence and get them to a place where they were feeling like yeah I can do this um I was able to turn that around within weeks because of the work that I was doing because now I was working with the subconscious mind and getting to the root cause of what the issue was whereas just doing conscious coaching was the case of working with someone with you know on a conscious level and we're not always aware of what the actual issue is and so that's 
you know, after doing that kind of like under the radar um, for quite a quite a while, I, I it, you know, I, I was kind of um, by a, a coach that I was working with, sitting down and said, well, what, what is it that's stopping you from actually saying that this is what you do? And, you know, he was very, um, he, he, he basically kicked my ass and said, you're just making excuses. Like, you know, you've got a skill that you use and people can really benefit from it and you need to tell people. And so that was, you know, I sort of like came out, <laughs> came out as a hypnotherapist. <laughs> that, oh, this is what I do. And I, you know, what I, what I, it took me a while to sort of get around to is actually, um, conveying in my messaging and what I do and how I speak to people is that this isn't woo-woo, magic, fluffy stuff, although a lot of my clients do call me a witch, um, say it's voodoo or it's magic, and, and, and I'm always swearing at them saying, it's science, bitch, it's science. But, that, that, you know, that's what it is. it is. It is science. It's the science of how our brains work and how our mind works and understanding the subconscious. And once, I, once that got very... Um, clear once I clarified that to myself more than anything else and say look you know what this is something um, I can get behind and really push forward because it's something that can help so many people and the only reason people don't use hypnotherapy or um, try anything like this is because they think it's unscientific and you know it's because we've seen people clucking like a chicken or acting like a bit of a prat on stage on television because of the stage hypnotism so um i came out as <laughs> so i've actually had people if you if you had if you were going to explain like hypnotherapy because uh, I, I don't know a lot about this um i am really interested in it but how would you explain that to someone who is if the end things have just been on a stage and cooking like a chicken, uh, how would you explain hypnotherapy in terms of maybe the science behind it and how it's how it kind of works? Okay, so I'll try and keep it brief and simple as possible. In um, in the simplest forms, hypnosis is is um, a relaxed state with a goal in mind and what people don't realize is that we, and it's, you know, we call it a trance and we go into um, a trance state many times during the day. So when you, for instance, and this is an example that everyone can relate to, is when you watch a film on television, whether it's a horror or something really emotional, and when you get scared, you know, when you get that point where you're scared in a film or when you, um, start crying because something really sad has happened. You know for a fact that what you're watching isn't real. Those are actors, they're pretending this is nothing is real. But a part of your brain believes it to be real. And that part of your brain is your subconscious mind. So at that point, what's happened is that you are in a state of trance. You have your subconscious mind has, and you know, just to backtrack a little bit, a mind is not, it's not in different pieces. It's just the way we describe it is that we've got a conscious logical part of our brain, the part of our brain that does the thinking, the analyzing, you know, the part where I'm now constructing these sentences with to speak to you. But then there's another part of us, which 
holds all the emotions and where our beliefs are and uh, it doesn't respond to it doesn't have an understanding of here and later or it's just in the now so what it sees on it responds to images and um words that we say to ourselves so when we watch a program on tv the subconscious mind just sees that as real and that point we are in self-hypnosis we're watching something we're believing it to be real not on a conscious level because on consciously we know these are actors they're they're you know playing a scene but on a subconscious level it seems very real that's why we get scared in a film that's why we end up crying when we see something sad so that is just an example of hypnosis that we are actually hypnotized at that point when we're watching something we're so engrossed in it similarly when you're driving down you know okay we're not driving as much right now but when you drive to um you know your place of work and you do that every day you might find that sometimes you might remember every part of that journey because you're thinking about other things and as you're driving you've got to the other you know you've got from a to b and you've got to b and you've got i don't remember going past that before or something you remember that you know that you don't remember the whole journey because you're in a trance state so that's hypnosis is when we go into into um, a very relaxed state where our subconscious just takes over so your you know your subconscious has taken over because you're still able to drive even though you might be thinking about where you're going maybe you've got a meeting you're going through your head what you're going to be saying or you're practicing something or you're you know having a conversation with someone in the car with you so you're using one part of your mind to actually you know think about something in the future or have a conversation now you're not thinking physically, right, I need to turn and put my indicator on and turn left. I need to turn the steering wheel now. I need to press my foot down on the brake. You're not actually thinking you're doing that automatically. That's your subconscious mind coming in and taking over and doing the stuff for you. So that that kind of explains hypnosis. And sure, the, sure. Sorry, sorry. No, so that, that that's... That's just how to explain it, hypnosis. And when people say, well, I can't be hypnotized, well, actually, nobody can hypnotize anyone else. It's self-hypnosis. Even when I'm working with a client, I'm guiding them, and it's self-hypnosis. We are, you know, we hypnotize ourselves all day long. We do it unconsciously. We're not aware of it. But all these different states that we go through, and we go through it so many times in a day, it's hypnosis. So what, what that, would you do then? So if you, so if you take somebody into hypnosis, what what is your skills then to do in that sort of trance state? What what do we do in that? Well, I I use um I use conversational hypnosis. So it's not a case of like I you talked about clucking chickens, and someone did ask me. I, I get these questions when someone's never experienced hypnosis, and they'll ask you some questions with you know weird questions like you know are you are you gonna you're not gonna make me do you know cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog or how do I know that you're not going to take my get me to give you all my money mm-hmm. questions like that like I can't make you do anything you don't actually want to do hypnosis isn't me taking control over someone else so the hypnotherapist doesn't have control of the person all it is is guiding them into a relaxed state. So through conversational hypnosis, is guiding someone into a really relaxed state, 
And it's a two-way process the way I work. It's not a case of me just suggesting, making suggestions. So we get you into a really relaxed state. And depending on what the um, issue is that we're working on is to find out what the root cause of it is. What is causing an issue? And if we give an example of someone who's, um, you know, procrastinating a lot or someone who has a lack of confidence, but they're not, they're not someone who hasn't got any confidence, but they find that certain situations, they really freak out and they lose all their confidence and they get really nervous and they want to get over that is to figure out what is it about that situation that makes them feel like that. So during hypnosis, we get to the root cause through conversation. So it's a two-way thing. It's not a case, a lot of people think that, oh, hypnosis is like you're going to be in a trance and your eyes are going to be closed and you're fast asleep and the hypnotist can get you to stand up and, you know, stand on one leg and walk around and do all that kind of stuff. No, you know, unless you want to, we could try it, but, you know, only if you want to can't make you do anything so even during hypnosis I've had clients who have got up to go to the toilet I've got dogs um my two dogs are in the other room now but they're usually sitting with me and if the postman comes or something they'll bark but that doesn't change the you know sometimes a person might open their eyes but we can just go back to it so it's not like you don't have control you have a hundred percent control over what you do what you know whether you want to answer the questions whether you want to go any further the control is with the client, not the person who's helping them through, you know, the hypnosis. So getting to the root cause of what the issue is, is the goal. And then once you get to it, it's to get the client to understand and not put um, words in their mouth and say, oh, so this is why you feel like this. But asking them, so what, you know, what does this mean to you? How do you understand this better? And getting that understanding when you're in that relaxed subconscious state means that we can deal with the actual belief around what is causing the issue because that is a subconscious belief a lot of times we don't know what is the underlying root cause or belief of an action or behavior that we want to get rid of we can we can think about it logically but sometimes it's it's um buried so deep or it's so random sometimes things that come up um that we we would have never been able to figure that one out on a conscious level just thinking it through or talking it through so we do that in a relaxed subconscious state when we get to that once you get to that understanding the next stage is to actually put in suggestions so when i work with my clients a lot of the work before we start hypnosis and that and you know not all clients need the hypnosis we don't always use that but the first thing is to actually find out what is it that they actually want. And using the language that they use is how I create, um, you know, a bespoke script for them that I use that language, their language, not my language. You don't want my words coming out of somebody else's mouth. I want them to tell me what, you know, what do you, because it's solution focused, it's like, where do you see yourself? What's the ideal? Where do you want to be? How do you want to feel? You know, what's your day going to look like? How do you want to feel um, towards this? All the things that they want, I write it down. And then during hypnosis, those are the things that are part of the suggestive part of the hypnosis. And that I create a, a little audio for them. So it's always a personal audio based on what they're going through, based on their own words, what they want and what their goals are. They have to listen to that afterwards. And so that's just the process of going through one session for one issue and at the end, they've got a personalized recording, my voice, 
um, just to, you know, reinforcing that because the way anything, everything we do is a habit, even the way we think is a habit. And habits are formed by repeating them. And um, we need to have sustained action to change a habit. So when people start to change their eating, you know, talking about your clients, like when they want to get fitter, you can't just go and do something once and expect to change. You have to do it continuously. You have to be consistent and you have to sustain the same level of effort with how you eat and how you exercise, how many times you do it till it becomes a routine. And that's the same with the thoughts that we have. So when you're changing someone's beliefs, the initial part of the hypnosis is to find out what the actual belief was so that we can change it during the session. And then the next part is the part where the recording is listened to for a number of weeks to reinforce those new thoughts and those new beliefs so that it becomes a new habit. And that's where the biology and the neuroscience comes in because every time we are starting a new habit, it creates a new neural pathway in our brain and we strengthen it by repeating it so every habit the more you do it you know it's harder to break that habit so we repeat it and then there are action steps so it's not just a case of just all right here's the hypnosis go away but actually having a plan which we use our conscious brain um, to have a routine to have the discipline and actually have the accountability to check in with me and say well let's go through what you plan to do <clears throat> how far have you got you know, what are you struggling with? What, you know, and getting them to reflect on more of the good stuff and the changes that they've noticed in that time, because by reminding ourselves of the good stuff, because nobody does this, you know, we're in a habit of always kicking ourselves when things go wrong, but reminding yourselves of the changes that are positive and the good things, it actually gives the right feedback to the brain and makes you continue doing it so that you know, it's reinforcing a, a feeling of happiness um, and also achievement. And when you feel like that, you're more motivated to continue. So, you know, that that's kind of like the process of how the hypnosis and the conscious work goes on. It's not like a case of, right, you come to me with what, whatever issue you have, we'll just do some magic stuff with you. Here, you know, bippity boppity boop, there you go. Now you're gone and you can go off and be fantastic. It, it's a two-way thing. We work together. And it's working with your conscious brain to do the actual taking action part and using the subconscious um, part where you're listening to the recording to actually reinforce those thoughts and beliefs in your mind when you're relaxed. So that, that's basically how it happens. So what, what kind of... So you work with... So you'll work with... Um, sorry, I cut off before when you were explaining who you're working with. So you're working with business people, entrepreneurs, what sort of challenges, what's the most common challenges that people are having? Um, I think the, the biggest one is usually what nobody actually talks about openly and honestly. You know, online we see this whole persona of people doing really well. And it's going back to what I described myself like many years ago where on the outside, everything looks cool, but inside it's, you know, outside success, inside mess. So it's a case of sometimes it's usually about not feeling confident enough in their ability to take their business forward 
And usually people come to me because it's a business thing, but it's never just business. It's always, you know, we know that as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we take our business home and our home life to our business. We, we can't separate the two. We're the common denominator. So when you're not doing well at work, that's going to affect how you are at home. And when you've got issues with relationships or how you feel about yourself at home, that's going to have an impact on how you perform at work. So very holistically, when someone comes to me and says, but I've, you know, I keep on self-sabotaging, that's one, you know, I always get to a certain point and it feels like I'm hitting this invisible wall. I don't know why. I know exactly what I want to do, but I just can't move past here. So it's like that fly that gets in the house and it keeps on hitting the um, window, you know, and I, I help them, you know, basically I open the window and help them out. But, you know, a nice analogy there. Um, that's one of them. So self-sabotage, um, not being able to do the things they want to do. And it's not always procrastination. Sometimes it's um, things like knowing that opportunities come your way that are really going to propel you in your business. But for some reason, you screw them up on purpose, you know, I say on purpose, but it's almost accidentally on purpose. And when you look back, there's a pattern of it. You see that actually every time this level, you know, you get to a certain level, you do something or something happens and you bounce back to where you were before. And it's helping identify what that is. And, and that goes not, you know, a lot of people talk about the mindset. And we had this conversation last time we spoke is that it's beyond mindset. It's actually about our identity and how and who we think we actually are. So, you know, on a subconscious level, we have an identity that we've created about who we are. And that identity is created from birth to around seven, eight. And then it's reinforced over the, the, the next years and all our experience reinforced that identity. So some people growing up think, oh, well, I'm not very smart or I'm just a lazy person, or I'm just a messy person, or um, I can't do this. These are things that we're consciously aware of, but on a very subconscious level, there are other beliefs about our identity that we have. And our brain likes to keep us safe, that it's its primary goal. Um, the subconscious mind will be always looking for threats. So when it feels that <clears throat> you're trying to do something very different, and it's unfamiliar, it could be a risk, a risk to our survival. This is, you know, very on a very primitive level, the way our brains work, its only function is to keep us alive. Our mind only, you know, it doesn't care whether you're happy as long as you're alive. And it sees anything that's different as a threat, whether that is you starting a new business, growing your business past a certain level, whether that means that all of a sudden, you know, you want to go and start a podcast or you want to do something very different that you haven't done before and it's slightly scary because you've not done it before that's normal but your brain looks at anything that's kind of scary and it kicks in so this is where your biology and psychology is so closely linked together that the brain makes you do things in a certain way like the fear comes in your body your mind's like oh right okay so we're you know this is scary let's not do it and you get distracted or you'll do something really you know, such, such dumbass things that you look back and think, why did I do that? It doesn't make any sense. So those are the kind of things that I help people figure out, like, what is it that's stopping you? What is the identity that you've created for yourself? And what is it that you want it to be? 
and getting them from one place to the other place. Um, people hard, you know, very rarely come to me and say, I want to change my identity. That's, you know, that's what something anyone says. It's usually around confidence or feeling like I just want to increase my performance and my productivity. I know I can do so much better, but I can't for whatever reason. And I'm sh shattered. A lot of what I do is very holistic in, um, I look at your mental and emotional well-being together and how you physically do things. So it is about having routine. It is about taking care of your body as well as taking care of your mind and talking about feelings, which I don't know why nobody really wants to talk about feelings, do they? Not really. So you could kind of <laughs> correlate this to kind of to somebody who's maybe starting like a, a weight loss plan or trying to change the lifestyle. Could you kind of could you transfer that over and say, yeah, you, you kind of probably get the same sort of issues that someone who's trying to expand the business or trying to put a start a podcast or anything else? Because that's a massive change for a lot of people, isn't it? They're going from you know maybe it's like a sedentary lifestyle where they're eating a lot of sort of not rubbish foods but a lot of takeaways and things. But then they're trying to switch that over and they're kind of getting the same sort of issues. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing, okay It's like. I mean, I've worked with people, not because they came to me about weight loss, but I've had clients who came to me about other things. And part of, you know, the process, they've ended up getting slimmer. I don't say, I don't talk about weight in terms of losing weight. And I'll, I'll that's one that, let me just make a note so I can remember to come back to it about losing weight. Um, but getting slimmer, changing their eating habits, that is, again, we everything we do is a habit so if we eat junk food if we don't exercise it's because it's a habit that we've created now and it's about breaking that habit again when someone wants to change that there's you see and you probably see this a lot the the yo-yo effect where someone's doing really really well they are starting to eat really well they're taking care of their body they're making sure they drink a lot water not alcohol um and they're exercising and they get to a point where you know they're just about to you know they're really at that point where you know that you can see the difference that you know, this is when the tone starts coming up in you know the, the 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 biceps are popping and like you're thinking yeah they're doing really well and then something happens and they go right back to not ever going back to the gym again for three months and then starting all over again and oh well i haven't gone to the gym i might as well eat a cake or have oh, forget about a slice fuck it i'll have the whole cake you know and and that is that is a form of self-sabotage and the reason why we do these things again you know on a talking from a psychological point of view is that it comes back to our, our identity there's a reason why um, we don't follow through maybe the identity is around i'm a fat person you know and it's the familiarity of it as well, where I, you know, people, this is what I know, this is what I'm comfortable with, people love me, people like me, the, you know, the people around me, um, and, it, you know, it, living in a family, if if one person changes their diet, it has an effect on everybody else, and there's a lot of pressure from everyone else as well, and you see other people eating things, it's almost like a subconscious level of thinking, well, I'm not going to fit in with the people that I love and who love me. So there's lots of different underlying, there's never one thing, it's not one thing, but it is a case of understanding that what is at the, you know, what is it that you truly believe about yourself when it comes to the weight 
or the food? Is it a relationship with food? Is it weight? Has it got nothing to do with that? Is it emotional completely? A lot of us, you know, when we feel unsafe, like right now in the situation, there's a lot of uncertainty. We want to comfort ourselves and we want to feel safe again. And the way to do that, unfortunately, sometimes we use other things like alcohol, food, you know, binge watching TV, things that aren't very helpful to us, but what they do, they temporarily relieve that stress and they relieve that discomfort. So we do that. But in terms of weight, one of the things that um, I always, one of my clients, she, she didn't come to me about her weight. We were working on self-sabotage and working on how to improve an aspect of her business and how she feels about things. But weight was an issue. And that came out in conversations about how she felt about herself, about how she looked when she came, you know, was in front of people. So a lot for a lot of people who've got online businesses, being visible is really important. And if you don't feel comfortable about the way you look, obviously, it's going to stop you from coming on a Facebook Live or talking to people or going networking. So we talked about that. And one of the things that I always say to all people who um, and I've got friends, obviously, you know, once once now that everybody knows, now that I've come out, I'm a hypnotherapist, everybody, everyone, every friend, every every neighbor, every relative would love me to help them lose weight. That's one of the things they say. And one of the things I always tell people, and it's not, you know, I didn't create this, um, this isn't this isn't my own genius, but um was around the word loss. When I say loss to you, what does it make you think of? Like left something and like something's been taken away yeah it's not it doesn't it doesn't feel nice does it when you think about loss it makes you think of negative things and that's one of the things about uh, how our mind works is that anything that's going to be hurtful it doesn't want us to do because it wants to keep us in a happy place so instead of saying i want to lose weight you know when we say lose weight to the mind, it's like you're going to lose. When you lose your phone or you lose your keys, that's really bad. You know, mm. you lose someone, that's devastating. So how? No, 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 we don't want to lose weight. That's that's how basic. Like imagine your subconscious mind as a five-year-old child. It literally um, does things based on the, you know, what it sees as black and white. It's very black and white. It's not going to think deeper and say, oh, well, no, weight is a good thing to lose. It's like, okay, no, loss is a bad thing. So it's kind of like, you know, this is, it, it's understanding the language you use. And instead of saying you want to lose weight, actually say, I want to get healthier. I want to get fitter. I want to get leaner. So what you're giving your mind is an actual positive goal to work towards rather than using the negative. So instead of saying, I want to lose weight and say, I want to, you know, it's, it's a negative. It's not what you don't want. Say what you do want. So I always encourage people to say things like, you know, I want to get slimmer. I want to get fitter. I want to get leaner. I want to eat healthier. I want to, you know, I want to be a size this, if that's what your goal is. I want to be able to play with the kids without running out of breath. So focus on the positive because that gives your brain something to work towards. And again, going back to the biology and the psychology of our brains, it's like you're actually programming your brain uh, with a goal. Where as human beings, we, are, we always need a goal to be working towards because if you don't have something to work towards, you feel demotivated and you don't wanna do anything. That's when you, you know, 
hide under the covers and think, oh, what's the point of getting out of bed? To give yourself a positive goal to work towards. So rather than saying, I want to lose weight, make it a positive. So I want to get leaner, I want to get fitter, I want to get healthier, I want to do this. And that's going to motivate you more to do it rather than saying, oh, I haven't lost those 10 pounds still, you know. Yeah, so one well, question that I had was just about with Try to give something and achieve something as opposed to take something away. I, I do I do quite like that. Because a lot yeah. of people do. The first thing, oh, I need to lose some fat, I need to lose some weight. And it's that, oh, I need to do this. But if it's, oh, I love, I like to get a bit fitter, I like to improve my health. It's Or just even just saying the words, it actually elevates your feelings, doesn't it? It does, and it's it's the picture you create in your mind as well. I mean, whenever we talk to people, um, when we watch something, we, we are kind of creating pictures in our heads, aren't we, all the time? Like, if I said to you, um, you know, there's a magnolia tree outside my window, there is a magnolia tree outside my window. I'm not going to try moving my laptop to show you. But, you know, you, you're going to imagine a tree in your brain. You know, if I if I say pink elephant, you might actually be imagining a pink elephant. If I said, don't imagine a pink elephant, you're still going to be thinking pink elephant. All right, don't imagine it, but it's there. So if you create a, you know, a picture in your mind of what you actually want, and it's a pleasant picture rather than a negative one, that's going to make you feel better, you know, emotionally inside your body physically as well, rather than like, oh, I've got 10 pounds to lose. You know, that sounds like a hard job, doesn't it, if you say it like that? And if you say instead, well, you know, I'm looking forward to getting fitter, getting healthier, eating healthier, you know, I'm looking forward. And a lot of times you might not be looking forward to going to the gym. You might not be looking forward to not eating pizza and instead having like a really lean piece of meat and some, veg, you know, veg with it because that's not what you normally do. If you continuously say it to yourself, you will start to believe it because, and I say this to everyone, and um, my clients particularly, when I get them to say things, and you know, you you know a couple of my clients, and I get them to say things that they might not believe to begin with. But what I want to remind everyone is that we say things to ourselves that aren't true, but we believe them. Like when we tell ourselves, like, oh, I'm so fucking stupid, or oh, you know, I'm I'm an idiot. You know, or when you've eaten, you know, speaking specifically to your audience here who might be trying to get fitter and they've messed up their diet and ate a whole cake. I, I don't think anybody has, but, you know, hey, extreme example, if they've eaten a whole pizza and they've sat there and said, oh, I'm such a fat pig, in their head, not saying it out loud, you're not actually a pig, are you? You've said you're a pig, but you're not actually a pig. But you've made yourself feel really bad by calling yourself a pig. You don't become a pig by saying you're a pig. So it's that, just that. So use the language. It's made had an effect on you. So if you use positive language to yourself and say, I like this, you're going to actually start believing you do like it by repeating it to yourself. So I'm really looking forward to eating this because it's going to make me feel healthy. And it sounds really basic and dumb. But if you think about the dumb shit that we say to ourselves every day and we actually believe and stop ourselves from doing things we want to do, why not just replace that with something really good? Because we might end up believing that too, even if you don't believe me. You can only try it, can't you? Exactly. You know, try it and get back to me. Let me know how you got on. Nothing so I'd just like to touch on, obviously, with everything that's kind of going on in the world at the moment, 
Um, I think it's definitely good coming from your perspective. So what practices at the minute, and there's like you know, the same before, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of worries, a lot of anxiety at the minute, uh, understandably. Um, what practices are you personally putting in, into your daily life? What, what, How are you sort of managing the situation and what advice could you be given to maybe other people who are listening now? Good question. Um, personally, in terms of how I work, nothing's really changed in my interactions with my clients. I told you before, I work online with all my clients, so that hasn't changed. But obviously now with the restrictions we have on how we can go out and all of a sudden it feels like we have such uncertainty about the future and the anxiety that causes not knowing what tomorrow will bring. For some people, it's very difficult. What I've personally done in terms of um, managing it, because I don't want to get swooped up with this wave of fear and anxiety that's just across the TV channels and across social media. The first thing, and this is, you know, my advice to everyone is to actually take control of what you're consuming, whether that's online, whether that's on the TV. Don't leave the TV on with, you know, the headlines booming at you all day long with like, duh, this many, you know, I'm not even going to repeat what they say, but what's going on? And don't, don't, just be scrolling through social media all day long. Like we've got a really bad habit of having our phones in our hands all the time and just scrolling through. And now that we're at home, we're probably doing it a lot more than we did before. So it's really about the first thing is actually taking control of that. I advise not to even watch the TV because it's like a, a horror show going on. You know, you it's like a story that's being fed to you constantly and even though logically you might be thinking with your conscious mind well that's you know that makes sense that doesn't make sense but the fear underlying fear that's been picked up by our subconscious and if we've got young kids in the house they're picking up on what we're picking up as well and it's really important not just to protect our own mental well-being but actually think about the effect it's going to have on the children in the house so I don't recommend having the tv on all the time or even watching it but choosing which sources you get your information from, you know, checking. I'm not saying being be ignorant about what's going on in the world, mm. but choose where you want to get your information from. Not from Bob on Facebook, whose aunt works in a hospital, who um, tells you that this happens and this is how you this is what how you need to manage it. Not you know, there's so many of those mm. bullshit posts going on on Facebook and in WhatsApp groups, but you know distance yourself from that and if you if you are on social media and you see stuff that makes you feel anxious just think about blocking and deleting people you know this is a good time to really filter out all the idiots in your feed uh, that's what I've done it's really helpful so really be conscious about what you're consuming and take control of it we don't have control over a lot of things that are going on right now but we do have control over that um, and setting a routine for yourself a lot of people you know give yourself some space for a start there's a lot going on we need to be able to respond from a calm place what a lot of people are doing are is just reacting to all the fear all the anxiety and coming out with stuff whether it's online whether it's in their lives and thinking i need to do something but when we try to do anything from a place of being in fear and panic we're not using our thinking brain because 
are, you know, this is when you, you know when you're stressed or when you're angry, you tend to make decisions that you later regret. And, you know, you think, well, why did I decide that? It's because the brain actually stops functioning as well. The conscious, logical, sensible part of our brain stops functioning properly when we're in a state of it, fear and anxiety, because that's when the subconscious comes into play again and wants us to, um, you know, to stay safe. So it will make you maybe make decisions that aren't right for you. So take some time. Don't feel pressured by what you see online, um, especially, you know, we are online and a lot of your your audience is probably online, that there's a lot of talk about do this, do that. No, just take a pause and see what's right for you. What I do recommend and what I'm doing personally, I mean, I do this anyway for my own, my own routine that I have is I don't keep my phone with me, you know, in the bedroom. The first thing in the morning, I'm not looking at my phone. The first thing I do every morning is before I even get out of bed, is with my eyes closed, is I, I have a little meditation that I do, a very short meditation that I do before I get out of bed, then do some stretches. And before it used to be going to the gym, so now I want to start doing the exercise. I haven't started, I'll be honest. I'm not like, yeah, I'm so perfect. Yeah, I've got a routine going. I haven't. I've been thinking about it. I'm going to start, but I haven't started. People are talking about um, a certain person who's got what, a youtube channel for kids and he's doing lives every morning for um kids and i was thinking maybe i'll join his maybe i'll join yours uh, but that's something but what we can do it's reminding ourselves what we have control over we've got control over what we consume we've got control over making sure that we have a nice routine for ourselves if we've got young children even older children have a routine where you're getting up and you're you're washing you're having a shower people I, I know when you're in a state of fear depression can come into it but make sure you get yourself out of bed get changed get you know sh shave if you're a bloke or a woman even I don't know <laughs> put your makeup on do your hair put your clothes on um make make sure that you don't fall into uh, a slump where you just can't get out of bed and you're not doing so give yourself a nice little routine that you can manage it's i'm not going to tell you like you need to do 10 minutes of that 10 minutes of that but mm -hmm. give yourself a routine make sure you're having making sure you're eating so make sure you're eating make sure you're drinking water i would recommend and i you know that a lot of people have been talking about drinking a lot remember that drinking alcohol alcohol is actually a depressive it's good it's not the state you're in when you're drinking but the state that it, what the chemical changes to your brain it has, that when you're sober, you're going to be feeling a lot worse about things and everything's going to feel a lot worse. So, you know, either don't drink at all, but if you do, minimize it. If you're at home a lot more now, don't, you know, don't go down that, well, I'm at home, I might as well have like a midday martini or whatever, mm. or a gin and tonic. Don't do it. It's not going to help you in the long run. It'll make you feel better for a little bit, but it's going to have Just an effect. Keeping things just as, as, as normal as you can, really, isn't it? Exactly. For yourself and for, like, especially people with young kids, it's going to be a bit difficult to um, do everything that you normally do because you've got to... Just give yourself a break. Just think about, you know what, you are not the only person right now in the country or even in the world who has had to put things on hold. Mm. It's going to have the same impact on everyone else who's got kids. And the priority for me personally is making sure 
that me and my family are well and we're happy and we don't want to kill each other by, you know, week two. Mm -hmm. Let's try and get on and be happy. You know, if we're arguing, if we're getting stressed because we want work to do and the kids are, you know, jumping around and playing, play with them. You know, this is a great opportunity to actually spend time with our kids and know that we're actually, you know, we're all stuck indoors. We might as well make the most of this time because it's something that I didn't have before because I was busy working. And that's not to say don't do your work, but give yourself a break if you can't do everything. You know, we need to be a lot more, not just kinder to everyone else, but to ourselves as well and not have these high expectations of, right, because certain, you know, online gurus are telling you this is the opportunity to now really get productive and do all this stuff. Well, actually, you know what? Take a pause. It might be right for them. If it's not right for you, just do what's right for you. And the important thing is that you're taking care of your health your mental and emotional well-being and those around you and being really mindful if you've got kids that they are learning what they are living right now. So what they see you doing and how you're responding or reacting to the circumstances, this is what they're going to learn. So, you know, we, we've got a responsibility not just to ourselves to keep our shit together, but we've got an added responsibility to make sure that we set a good example for the kids and show them that actually, you know what, even though everything else isn't as it should be, we, we're we still strong as a family and we've got time for each other and keep them in a state of, you know, ignorance to what's going on outside and keep them happy. And that's really, really important. Um, and for people who've got older kids, because mine's 18, it's really important to spend some time with them as well and talk through because there's a lot of changes going on. They don't know what's going to happen about university or college and all that kind of stuff is spend time with them. We've been playing PlayStation. So, you know, I never, I've never been on the PlayStation before. We've been playing PlayStation together, um, which has been fun because I've realized how competitive I am against my 18-year-old son and I want to beat him. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's changing and adapting to what feels right for you and your family. Don't give yourself a hard time because, you know, Mr. Blogs on the internet has got a 10-step morning routine, is Mm. killing it with their work, putting it all online, is getting more clients in and is also able to cook dinner for everybody else. You know, do you believe it? I don't. Everybody's in the same, you know, same boat right now. I guess it's that thing, it's getting wrapped up in in things that's going on in social media. And you're getting, again, dragged into someone else's life who is doing that or they claim to be doing that and you're thinking, well, I'm not doing that. And, I should be doing that, but then actually neglecting everything else that you could be doing. Like you say, spending time with your kids, spending time with your family. And you know what? For me, what's come out of this, and it's it's not, you know, it's it's again about looking at the positive sides of it. I've spoken to more people that I've been friends with online, in person, on Zoom, than I have in the whole time I've known them. I've had FaceTime uh, conversations every day with family members I discovered and I you know this shows what a dinosaur I can be I discovered for the first time that you could have a four-way conversation video conversation on whatsapp I was amazing it's like all you know all my siblings of me were and the whole yeah. conversation was me with a big cheesy face going oh my god I can't believe it it's there you go, Kit. I didn't know that. And it's amazing. It's like we've been having four-way conversations and it's brilliant. It's like we're all in the same room. So 
that you know that's really important that's another thing that i definitely recommend is make sure that you're connecting for people who live alone because it's different if you've got family around you, you probably are speaking to people but if you live alone if you don't have someone and you're you know you're in this you know lockdown or self-isolation alone make sure that you reach out to people because we're all we're all feeling it you know i i don't like not speaking to people clearly you can tell that i want to talk to people and there will be people out there you know if you're feeling lonely that's normal call somebody everyone's feeling the same don't feel shy don't feel ashamed these are just normal human emotions and you know we've brought it back to feelings and i love it this is this is about us being honest about our feelings that we're all shitting our pants on a different level some people more so than others that's why they needed all the toilet paper um then there's some of us who you know we're just kind of taking each day by it as it comes and that's all you can do is just take each day just make sure that you're doing the basic things that you need to do for your own mental and physical well-being where you're eating you're sleeping you're being with people you're having a laugh I mean a lot of people feel it's really insensitive to be laughing right now there's people you know in really it really challenging times going through real shit we shouldn't be laughing right now um well, you've got to laugh. Laugh. Everyone's back. Yeah, you, you disappeared, Aaron. I know, I seen, I didn't know, because for mine, it said that Kia disappeared, and I was like, eh, what's happening? Yeah. So now everyone's back. <laughs> We're all back. It's what Everybody, I was doing. Humor, humor, humor has, is so important right now, isn't it? You know, it's, it is. You know, there's, there's a lot of kind of memes going around and things like that. And I, to be honest, I, I, I love them because it's, you've got to have it, you've got to look on the, on the light side of things, and, You've got to just again, be humorous about what's happening because if you don't, then it's, again, it tips you in the way, doesn't it? Of course it does. And, you know, if you're not laughing, you know, again, going back to science, when you laugh, you you are actually boosting your immune system. It boosts your immune system to laugh. So even if you're on your own, put on something funny to watch, listen to a funny podcast, listen, you know, read a funny book, do something that makes you laugh every single day get up and dance with your kids i mean for people in your audience who don't want to do any workouts put something really really high energy on and go nuts with the kids and dance you know not only will the kids laugh like crazy you will too and you'll lose you know you'll you'll lose the stress from your body and you'll feel better afterwards and you've got your workout in too so it, it's a good way to do it laughing is so important not just for you know not not just every day but more so now and everyone's humor is different so you choose what you want to laugh at and what you want to find funny you know pick a movie pick a, pick a book pick a podcast but do have a laugh it's important mm. always 100 that was uh brilliant i mean that was the advice was absolutely fantastic um i'm <laughs> sure a lot of people will have got a lot from that i'm just going to quickly nip on the facebook group um and i'm just going to see if there's any questions i know it's quite early in the afternoon a lot of people are still working but we're going to have a quick look on uh where we're just, just got had a question before so yeah going back to the sort of the identity whole thing how you were saying that sort of people's identity can sort of self 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 sabotage them in a way yeah how how about would you go like sort of change? It's so weird because like I don't know. I'm just getting used to this whole life thing. How about?
how would people go about sort of um, changing their identity in a way? Well, changing, changing your identity. Uh, I mean, this, this, it, this could be a really, really long answer, but I'll keep it really simple. It's first understanding who you really believe you are. And that is being quite introspective and reflecting on who, what your thoughts are about yourself. But what do you truly believe about yourself? Um, you know, you can do an exercise by just journaling who, who, you know, looking back in your child from childhood to now, what are the core beliefs that you have about yourself? You know, when you when you say I am, what are the words that come after that naturally that you actually 100 percent believe that that is you? Like, you know, I am this kind of a person and look for the evidence throughout your life of when you actually do believe that and then think about what you would like to be like so you know so someone working on you know this uh let's go with you know what your audience might be thinking about getting fitter and healthier and actually being in a place where they keep on sabotaging their own success and continuing with healthy eating and exercise look at every every example looking back in your you know, from childhood to now, it's like, what is the pattern that you see? And where do you think, you know, you might have created a belief around what is right for you and who you are when it comes to, you know, why, why aren't you able to stick to a healthy eating plan? Why aren't you able to, what, what do you believe? So it, it's, a, you know, it's a longer process and it'll probably take a longer time to explain mm -hmm. it. But it is getting to the core, and this is the stuff that I do with people, is to help them to identify. And some of that's done consciously, but a lot of it's done through the subconscious work that we do, is to figure out what is it that you truly believe about who you are. And then, you know, this person that you want to be, like when you talk about changing or shifting your identity, what would that person, if that was you, do? So if that, you know, you want to be this fit, athletic um, healthy eating person what would that person do so if you're the person who gets up you know sort of doesn't do any exercise and sort of avoids eating anything help healthy just picks out I don't know a crumpet and puts a load of butter on it and that's your you know cereal but if you think of yourself as the person that you want to be how you want to be that identity you think about what would that person do so it's almost like creating for yourself a alter ego. Well, if I was, you know, if, if it was you, Aaron, say, so, you know, what would Super Aaron do? You know, what, what would Super Aaron do? Um, and you, you don't, it's not a case of you thinking, but you actually doing the things. It's not thinking about it, but you actually doing the things that you believe that you would do if you were that person. And that's like the long way of doing it, the where you have to actually change your habits to change your beliefs because you're, you're doing things based on habit. When you change your habits, you'll start to believe that that is you now, that you know, you're that person who gets up in the morning and goes for a 10-mile you know, a, a run. That is you. Mm. You are a runner. Right now, I mean, I, I don't believe I'm a runner because I, I always say I hate cardio. I fucking hate cardio. That's all I always say. So that that's part of my identity that I'm not a runner. But if I wanted to be, 
I'd have to change that belief about, you know, why why am I not a runner? What would a runner think and what would I do? So I I don't know whether that's actually answered the question. It's yeah. it's not it's not like a you know a tiny little subject that I'll say, well, this is how you do it. It's like let me put it on a post-it for you. Yeah, it's not like a step by step guide, it's more no. sort of like a bit more subjective rather than objective. Yeah, and it and it depends on exactly what it is that you want to do, but there is a process. There is a process to it, and it does take time. Mm. Cool. So, what would Super Aaron do? Ah, actually, I don't know. That's what I'm gonna sort of once we end this. I'm actually gonna spend some time to sort of think about it. You're gonna draw Super Aaron, aren't you? Yeah. I bet you draw it. Super Aaron. I can't see that. Instead of, instead of the <laughs> chest, like the S, I'll have A. Yeah. Post it That's up in the group. A good idea. I will. I'll post it up on the. I'll post it up and I'll send and I'll send you the. Uh, I'll send you the picture. <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah, looking forward to seeing Super Aaron. <laughs> awesome, Shabbat. That was um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, really, really great chat with you. Um, a pleasure. We'll leave it there because we obviously take up a lot of your time today. Yeah. But uh, it, that was great. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been really lovely talking to you guys. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's given this time right now has given us an opportunity to talk as well. So yeah. that, that's a positive, isn't it? It's just, it's just extending the network, isn't it? And getting to know mm. other people who have other or can add new life. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking to you both. And um, we should do it again. Definitely, definitely do it again. I could sit here all day and talk about this. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Same here. We, you need to cut me off at some point. So, you know, it's good that we're, we'll, some, we'll call it a day today. Sometime in the future, awesome. we'll have a part two and then we'll like get Do a part two. Maybe, maybe we'll do a part two with Super Aaron. Bring your cape. Yeah, exactly. I'll get like a proper t shirt designed with like the, um, with the logo. You've got to have a cape as well. You've got to have a cape. <laughs> yeah, I'll have the cape, the t-shirt, and I'll have a little mask as well, which I'll come on. I've already put that out there, so I have to do it now. <laughs> so now it's gone from a drone, you actually getting dressed up as Super Aaron? Yeah, for the Hello. next episode, because in the next episode, we'll do into this group again, and you'll, you'll all say Super Aaron. I love how we've gone from the drawing to like a series of Super Aaron now. This is, oh, this, yeah. yeah, Super Aaron. That's about, yeah, I think that that will work. I'm looking forward to it, definitely. You can't back out now because everybody's heard you say it. I know. It's now, sad. Like, <laughs> Bring I even create like, awesome. a little mini series, A Day in the Life of Super Aaron. We've got a mini series now, kid. I know, exactly. <laughs> we'll just keep going with this. Yeah. But anyway, it was really nice to sort of talk to you. Brilliant. Awesome. Brilliant. Are you okay just to hang on two seconds, Shabnam? We'll, uh, we'll cut this off. Yeah, so, sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening in. Um, and then this was episode 18 of the podcast. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you very much. See you then. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Also, just thought I'd mention that this episode was actually recorded live from our Facebook group which whenever we have a special guest on the podcast, we will always do a live video into our Facebook group, The Lift Coffee Stop, the link's in the show notes. So if you want to get early access to these special guest podcasts, then be sure to join that. Link, like I said, link is in the show notes. So enjoy the rest of your day.